To the finder, the Isle of Koholint is but an illusion, human, monster, sea, sky, a scene on the lid of a sleeper's eye. Awake the dreamer, and Koholint will vanish much like a bubble on a needle. Cast away, you should know the truth. On Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi, I'm Travis, and today I'm joined by... John Dotson. And only John, since Tim's out on vacation. At least that's what he tells us, but you can never really tell with Tim. But we're going to make him proud today because we're going to be talking about the Link's Awakening remake that everyone's been waiting for. In 1993, Link first arrived on Koholint Island as The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening was released for the Game Boy. Now, 26 years later, he has returned in the Link's Awakening remake. It's been 26 years? I know. It's insane. I know. This is obligatory. I'm so old, but I honestly don't feel very old. But that's a long time. (laughs) That is a long time. Yeah, it's insane that... I just Uh, played that game like five years ago. I can't believe it was released 26 years ago. I know. (laughs) Didn't my brother just buy it on the Game Boy? Right, <laughs> right. I thought so. Anyways, you were saying, you were saying. As you can tell by what we've been saying here, John and I both adored the original. And we've been anticipating this ever since we heard that a remake was coming out. And it's finally here. We've been playing it. And we're excited to bring to you our thoughts about waking up the windfish yet again. So, John, as I mentioned, uh, we both love this game. What really sticks with you about the original game all this time later? It's a game that I think about the journey of, in that I actually think about the game in terms of how it made me feel when I played it, and also what the story was in the game, and then how it ends, and then how that made me feel along the way. Um, I read this article on, I forget what website it was. It's like some Polygon Kotaku nonsense or something. And the gist of the article was, hey, Link's Awakening is really deep if you're six or eight. <laughs> and besides that being really like reductive in that you can actually have things that are really profound for kids and that doesn't diminish them being profound. Um, I actually don't agree with the basic premise entirely because I think that whereas there's no way that I could play Link's Awakening as an adult, um, it's still like fresh, I suppose. It's still a game that when I came back to play the Game Boy and then later the Game Boy DX version, which is the colorized version, I thought about the game's progression, the game's story, and its sort of somber, ennui sort of tone. And then when the game ended, it's this sort of unending, 
I suppose. I, Kinda, I, I, I don't yeah. want to get into story. I don't want to spoilers exactly. But I would say that it's a game that's feelings and that sort of morose tone, which is weird because the remake is so bright. But I would say that the tone is actually very somber still, I would say, um, is still there. And I think that's it. I mean, I think that's the thing that sticks with me the most, which is that this is a sort of darker premise for a Zelda game. And every time you play it, you come to the darker ending every time. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to you're going to beat the game, but this bad thing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later. And I guess that's the thing that sticks with me the most, that sometimes that's how things are. You know, you don't always get a good ending things yeah i guess that's what sticks with me in it it hit me when i was eight even though it wasn't profound hipsters <laughs> writing think pieces I what about know. you man i don't think that everything needs to be profound you know <laughs> it can it can be kind of somewhat obvious and that's fine and i like you said this it does kind of have a you know bright colorful game with a dark tone to it like there are people the enemies that you fight have kind of clear motivations in that they're afraid of what's going to happen, you know? Um, and right, I, exactly. They're, they're trying to stay alive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're not bad guys. Right. And you're trying to wake up a windfish, which arguably you shouldn't do, but it's the only way to leave the island. Let's talk about that a little bit later. But okay, what stays yeah. with you about this old Game Boy game after all these years? Yeah, that's that's always stayed with me. Just the it seems like it was a step away from how the Zelda games had been and the fact that the enemies in the other games were all like obviously evil that you needed to stop. And this wasn't the case with this game. And also the fact that this was kind of a more creative Maybe not more creative, but it was a creative uh, divergence from how they had been doing things with the other Zelda games, with the ability to to give you new enemy types and stuff like that, because it's an entirely different location. It's not Hyrule. It's in Koholan Island. Um, so, you know, just the visuals and the right. environment. Out on really, a, yeah. yeah that's, right. Link's out on a vacation. He's taken a boat ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a three hour tour and he's basically, <laughs> he's basically Gilligan on yep. Koholand. Yep. That's not really a spoiler that happens in the, no, in that's the intro. The intro. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, what stuck with me was how amazing it is. Like, uh, the first time I played it, I think it was either 93 or 94. I borrowed my friend's game boy with the original version of it, not the DX version and, uh, played the hell out of it and was blown away like i really liked the original zelda on the nes uh but uh, i don't know this one for something about the gameplay just really stuck with me and i'll you know we'll get into more of this with our remake thoughts but playing through the remake i was thinking this didn't really change the formulas that the formula that much and it feels exactly the way it did in a way and I think that says a lot about the way the game was made originally, that it was kind of ahead of its time in that way, or maybe not ahead of its time, but just kind of timeless in that it's fun whenever. I agree. It's a it's a very timeless game, and the translation proves it, I think. 
right, so let's get into the remake itself. John, what were your thoughts of the remake? I want to get into that, but I want to I want to switch it up a little bit because I kind of okay. want to go back to what we were talking about before, if you don't sure. mind. So go for we it. were talking. OK, so here's the thing. Right. So the story of the game is essentially, as I understand it, was the nightmares imprisoned the windfish and made the windfish go to sleep. Right. Mm hmm. OK, so that right there is bad. Right. You shouldn't imprison things, living sure. creatures. So that's bad, right? However, it created an alternate reality or some lost island thing. And by the way, JJ clearly ripped off this game, right? <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> right, this is clearly a prequel right? for, yep. um, this is what he was trying to do, but, you know, failed with his ending. He didn't get the ending right. So uh, that's what I heard. I, I never watched that show. <laughs> but I'm and I'd love to hear I'd love to get someone's write up on why Lost and Link's Awakening are really similar games. I guess they're on an island. Maybe that's the only similarity. But after they did this really bad thing, it created an entire world, essentially, of an island, right? It created people, animals, uh, an entire ecosystem, which is a couple different kinds of ecosystems. You've got like you've got like the swamp, you've got the forest You've got the sand area, you've got waterfalls, you've got mountain regions. So you've got an entire <laughs> ecosystem and people and talking animals. So that was a bad way to start. But then the bad guys are like, why would they do that? Were they just trying to create a world that they could live in? So I guess the game doesn't really say, right? You know, what I, the way I and I might have interpreted this wrong. Um, I thought that, you know, basically the island was the fishes, the wind fishes dream and the nightmares, the nightmares were trying to imprison the wind fish just to keep that going. Not so much that that oh. action created the island, but I could have oh. missed parts of that. I'm not sure. OK, well, all right. So either you've got one thing where actual bad guy nightmares come in and, you know, imprison the wind fish or mm -hmm. the wind fish is merely sleeping created an entire world and by the way this is some sort of q like star trek reference right <laughs> entity that can create entire existence by just chilling having a nap by the way and you just come somehow go to the island because it's in reality and then you wake it up because you want to leave this reality because you can't any other way mm -hmm. so either you have this reality cease to exist so you can get off the island or you continue to be there. Travis, what do you do? Oh, man. See, you've got. <laughs> it, you have to wonder if the people and everything going on in this island are actual real people. And it kind of. Yes, it, it's kind of you have to think about like AI is AI. Could AI be a real person or is it always going to be just a machine and it's kind of the same thing it's like a creation of someone's mind is that a real person or is it just a dream and shit that's that's a tough that's a deep question um i would say that it is reality you the might game call it profound it. huh kotaku or polygon or whatever <laughs> I mean, <that> was. yeah <laughs> for eight-year-olds travis come on you gotta you gotta you gotta eye roll so hard that you sprain your eyes on this one right uh because it's for eight-year-olds um <laughs> No, I think the game presents itself as this is real. 
yet it's based on a dream. And if you stop it, I think the dream makes it real. Because mm. even if it isn't, what would be the difference to Link, right? So he's like, let, let's say Link is just dreaming this still real enough, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think that my next thought and then we can get into our high level thoughts and sure. review and all that. Is Link the good guy in this game? Um, or is he just a guy in a game? Yes and no. I mean, is the windfish obligated hold, to hold, hold on a sec? Hold on. I just realized that maybe we're talking about a game that people don't understand. So uh, let's <laughs> sure. talk about what's going on in this game. <laughs> okay. So as you play Link's Awakening, you find out that, like I said, that there's these uh that the wind fish is actually a sleeping fish and by the way it's like a whale or whatnot and it has these dreams and the island was created and then the end of the game you you collect these musical instruments they're called the what are they the the wind the symphony of the something or other and you collect yeah. these instruments and you collect like eight of them you know legend of zelda style and then you play them and the and the egg opens and you go in and you kill this thing that's kind of like ganon <laughs> but not ganon it's like nightmare ganon it doesn't say ganon but it kind of looks like him and then uh, the windfish wakes up and then link is swimming in the middle of the ocean and he's happy that he's gonna die in the middle of the ocean so um because he has he's just on a log right and you don't survive that but he's link so whatever he's he'll probably survive it so that's that's that anyways travis is link the good guy well, one part that you left off at the end there is that while Link is like in the water on the log, the windfish flies over him. Exactly. So that so, proves that it's real. The yes. windfish is real. Yeah. That's what I got into that, you know, yeah, that's scene what as I was well. The windfish is obviously real. Yeah. And that like he it wasn't just Link's dream. Like Link experienced something Mm-mm. else mm-hmm. that was in the Link the windfish's mind. So the question yes. you have to ask is is the windfish beholden to these people? Like, is the windfish responsible for keeping all these people alive? Because he's been trapped and, like, waking him up saves him. Right. And it's kind of... He's, like, trapped in this dream. Right. He can't wake up. So, like, by... I guess keeping keeping him asleep is violating his autonomy. Depending on, like, how how, um, aware he is. Well, the windfish is pretty aware. I yeah. mean, I would say, right? It's I, a I god. Would think. It's I mean, if he can conjure up all that stuff, you know, you would assume so. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the question, though. Yeah. Okay, it's the AI question, and I've mm-hmm. seen, and I, I actually think that if a machine is indistinguishable and passes the Turing test for a human intelligence, it should be considered intelligent and it should be granted the rights of sentient beings. This is what I believe. Okay. But then I also believe that a, it might not even happen because it might not be possible to stuff that into a computer chip, but that's a totally different discussion. Let's just grant. I would say that if a computer or a being or a robot or whatever you want to call it is, has human like intelligence and can think and reason and has a sense of self, et cetera, and passes a Turing test, it should be granted sentience. So on one hand, you have the windfish who is woke, who is sleeping indefinitely, probably maybe doesn't want to be, mm-hmm. but can't wake up. Okay. And so you have that sense of self on one side. And then you have the hundred, 200 beings, an entire ecosystem world <laughs> of Koholand. Right. I honestly think that 
waking up the windfish is the wrong answer. <laughs> because we're going Spock here. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, right? I don't care if you're a god, right? That shouldn't matter. Those those talking rabbits that Marin sings to are more important, I think. <laughs> and that's funny, but I think it's true, right? I don't know. I think there's um I think there's We're getting real deep here, yeah, kids. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think this is fun. Go ahead. I think it's a, I think it's a gray area. I think that like what you said is true, but it's kind of um like to get to get slightly political here. It's please, kind of please. also like the abortion debate in a way. Like um like if you if you do consider I want to I want to follow you. Go ahead. If if you consider uh conception to be life yes and like are what like i have always thought that that's not the case but if you just accept that it is i still think that a woman's right to an abortion is important because the woman does not have any obligation to support another person with her own body so i think the windfish doesn't have the obligation to support anybody else with his own mind and the windfish being trapped against his will, waking him up is the right thing to do, but also not the right thing to do. I appreciate where you're coming from, and I understand what you're saying. I think the difference lies in these are fully formed adults, right? Sure. So I think that's the difference, right? So the windfish is dreaming up 200 something. I don't know. Let's just say 200. I don't know. But beings in a full ecosystem. Right. It's not it's a little different because once we talk abortion, man, the comments, I don't even want to read those. Right. But right. I'm just saying, like, I think it's a little different, but it's 200 V1. OK, right? well, shouldn't me... the windfish be sleeping still? Link, you monster. You destroyed a world. It's so, like if I took you, if I took you yeah. and somehow made right. you like a life support system for 200 people, like if you. Yes. Pulled a plug out of yourself. Oh. Yeah. Then you could right. you know, continue your life. I would still want to pull that plug out of you and let you live your own life because you were put there. It wasn't your yeah. will to be put there. Okay. Well, we don't know how the windfish was put in this. No, thing, right? we don't. <laughs> I don't even know if it even changes it how it happened. Even if it was bad guys or mm. not bad guys, you still yeah. have two hundred people to contend with or in an entire life, an entire world island. Yeah, man. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I I think it's tricky. All I'm saying is at eight, I thought this was pretty deep. And I still think it's kind of not simple. (laughs) The morality of it is not. I don't know, like, what that review you read. Like, I I think you sent it to me and I read it as well. And I don't remember exactly where they were coming from, from that comment that saying that it wasn't that deep unless you were eight. If it was just like the plot and like, oh, my God, this has all been a dream the whole time. Ooh, then, yeah, okay, sure, I get it. But the morality of it is way more deep than that. Like, I think you could have some, well, well, we already have had like a 10 minute discussion about the philosophy of this game, you know? When (laughs) I was a kid... I didn't rush to beat this game because I wanted to exist in this island more because I knew when I beat it, it would cease to exist. I knew when I was a kid, even that that was a thing that I wanted to continue, even though I knew what I had to do. I think this game, 
I don't know if this is intentional or not, but this game has this duality going, which is you're always like in a video game, you just do the end thing, right? We made a game where you mm-hmm. kill a wyvern a million times. Well, we were making jokes that you're kind of a monster for doing that, actually. <laughs> like, how many times should you kill something before it's... I think that's an interesting premise that I didn't consider until I've killed the wyvern now four times. And I'm like, you know, I feel bad, you know, but um, and that's something that I got out of the game. But like the game games make you go to an end goal. But what is the end? You know, should you? I don't think I don't know if Link Link is like this silent protagonist that is the will of the player. So I don't know if he grappled with that <laughs> i'm pretty sure he but the game tries to throw it and i think this the most haunting part of the original game boy game and i haven't gotten this far in the in Link's awakening remake yet and then we'll get right back on the rails kids we'll get right back into our view really soon <laughs> but um although this has been really fun i love this oh yeah um the most haunting part for the original game boy game for me was when one of the bosses is like screaming to you when it's dying this entire world will disappear it's like begging you to stop yep. and yep. i always was like holy shit what is going and this is on a game boy and that was like was beg- screaming as it's dying to stop what i'm doing and um i don't know i mean i still that's why i think this game is awesome frankly so Agreed. anyways uh, let's head back <laughs> what are your high level thoughts <laughs> i'm gonna kick this over to you all right yeah i think that um like I said in the when we we're talking about our thoughts about the original, I think that this remake kind of shows that Link's Awakening is a timeless game and this has some, you know, quality of life updates that help it out a lot. It has really nice graphics that I I love the art style in this game and the the new score, like kind of a chamber music rendition of all the original songs is just amazing. Uh, I I could listen to that soundtrack just on repeat it's probably my favorite uh legend of zelda soundtrack but yeah overall i mean i really like the original pixel art and chiptunes but with all the improvements on it i think this is the definitive version of the game and i'm so glad that they went through with this uh and and remade it i kind of blasted through it i was hoping to you know kind of go through it over the course of a week or so and i ended up going through it in two days i just like mainlined this game um including like getting most of that's awesome. all the collectibles and things i've been kind of cleaning up occasionally since i beat it and i've gotten all the the seashells working on all the heart containers but yeah it's uh it's really great what about you my high level thoughts on this game are is that it's it's it, it stands as one of the best ways to remake a game you in that it takes everything that's amazing about the original and it keeps them links awakening is goofy uh it doesn't take itself too seriously yet it proposes a serious premise it's got goombas smirking in the game it's got yoshi dolls it's meta it breaks the fourth wall with its references it liberally borrows from like other Nintendo properties. You got Kirby in there. You've got Mr. Wright, who's spelled W-R-I-T-E, which, you know, was, you know, a reference to Sim City on the Super Nintendo. And the dude no looks kidding. like Sim City. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He looks just like Mr. Wright from Sim City with the green hair. You've got um 
you know, you got characters in the game that look like Mario, Chain Chomps. So, I mean, it's goofy and they've kept the goofiness. You know, you'd think that they'd want to fix some of that. You know, maybe Nintendo's brand is, you know, needs to sort of adjust that. You can't have these games cross over, but they did. And and I think that's really cool. I think the gameplay is fantastic. I think it slows down. I sort of wrote a, you know, my first thoughts on Link's Awakening review, and I kind of compared it to uh, Link Between Worlds. And I think that I still stand by that comparison. I think it's still valid. I think that they changed the gameplay quite a bit. I think they slowed it down a bit in this one, which I think is good because Link's Awakening wasn't fast. You know, if you play Link Between Worlds, it's way faster, you know, just moving around. And the it's, it's a lot more fluid, the controls, I would say. They didn't get the controls bad here at all. Um, but it's really, I would say it's really good. I can't say, you know, like you, Travis, which I can't say personally, which is the definitive edition for me, because I need to come back around and play the Game Boy game again. My guess is it's the Game Boy game, but I'm so glad this version exists and I'm going to come back and I'm going to play it again. And I haven't beat it because Travis mainlined it like a snort of Coke, which is good. He's a fiend for cocaine, if you didn't know that. <laughs> um, send free cocaine to directly to his address. Just kidding. <sighs> that I, at least I don't think you do cocaine. Anyway. No, no, uh, I'm not. Really a lot more expensive and make a lot more money than I thought if you did that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I'm just glad that it exists, you know, and uh, I didn't mainline it, but and I've been not playing it because I want to kind of extend my play of it you know um the last thing that i did was go through the color dungeon and i got the exact different item that travis did uh travis what item did you get when you beat the color dungeon i got the red suit so i could hit twice as hard right and i did something different i got the take more hits suit and i love the way you think about it uh your rationale for that travis what was it yeah i was thinking you know functionally you're taking half the damage if you're killing things twice as fast, so it's more fun to kill things faster. So I went with the red suit. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. I, I, in, in this game, you can switch between them. So that's really neat. We'll talk about more of the changes, but high level thoughts this is a great game. It's great. If you love the original, get it. I've been seeing some critiques of this game that it's overpriced. That's nonsense. Um, if you don't like shorter form Zelda games, don't get it. <laughs> Just don't. But that it's 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 too much is just ridiculous. If it was a like a last generation game that they updated the shaders and stuff a little bit, then sure, I would see the point. But this is not just a simple port from one platform to another one. There was a lot of modeling work and everything that went into this. They had to they kept the logic and everything. It feels like the original, but that all had to be redone. It wasn't just a simple port. So. I mean, they, they think they put, I think they put like a $60 amount of effort into this game and I had no problem paying 60 for it. Yeah. I'm going to play this game one time and then again and again, you know, I'm going to play mm-hmm. this game. I'm going to revisit it throughout my life, just like the original links, links awakening game. So yeah, it's, it's val- very valuable. Yeah. So you mentioned a few of those changes to the gameplay. Um, this game gives you more heart pieces, uh, better inventory management. Um, uh, since you've got more buttons on the controller, that's more actions that you can have equipped at once. Uh, more fast travel spots. 
the ability. To oh, those are so useful. Oh, I know. You only had four in the original, which honestly was cool. It just made meant you had to go around the places more. But I like the new fast travel yeah. locations very much. Uh, they introduced parrying, which is uh, amazing. I loved that mechanic that made the fight so fun. Uh, the ability to save anywhere uh, by your. Um, oh, my God. Why doesn't every game know, do this? I know. Uh, you can buy your shovel back after you trade it for the boomerang uh, and new collectibles. And you can, like John said, you can swap out the outfits. So, John, a lot of new changes, uh, not a lot of new quality of life things they added. Uh, what do you think that brings to the game? I think most of it's pretty good. I like that, that you don't have to swap items uh, to get your boomerang. You can, you can actually buy the boomerang back. Now, I think the reason why they didn't allow you to do that was because of game memory limitations. They clearly wanted to put a lot in this Game Boy game. It's amazing the amount of stuff they could put in there. Um, so they let you buy your boomerang back. Like, that's just great because the boomerang's fun. It's absolutely not necessary by the time you get it. You already have the hookshot, which is way better anyway. Uh, the boomerang was just something fun you could get if you got the uh, magnifying glass. So boomerang's completely useless, really, as an item. But it's cool that they let you get it and get your shovel back. Really, I think uh, the boomerang's almost essential in some of those later dungeons. Uh, again, it does the same thing as the hookshot. Why would you use it? It doesn't do the same thing as the hookshot, though. <laughs> it, it does, doesn't it? Not, um, not entirely. It like, can grab things and it can, it can stun it can, people. Yeah, but like it can also go through some things the hookshot can't. Um, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, I guess I just never used it. So yeah, I just got it. So I haven't really played much of the game with it. Gotcha. So I'll give it a shot. Great. Um, there was the parrying thing. I don't, I don't know what to think about that change. It wasn't in the original. And when I first came to the Bow Wow dungeon, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because I'm like, I I could I didn't know what to do. Because again, I have memorized the original, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know how to beat this. Like, how? What is happening? And it's not obvious. I thought something like the owl or somebody told you how to parry. Oh well, maybe I guess I didn't read it, but <laughs> I maybe there was an owl statue that I missed because I read them all, so I don't read all mm, of them in maybe. this version or whatever. So I don't know. I just I just had to look it up and I thought that was a little annoying. I, I don't think that it's actually a bad mechanic once you learn it. I'm sort of a purist. I don't really want to get too snooty about that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I'm not. This isn't a case of like George Lucas changing the original trilogy or anything like that, because this is an entirely new thing. But I don't know. I, I I think it's fun once you know it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't think it's 100 percent awesome. Exactly. But I think it's cool. So. What were some of the other changes? Um, oh, this is something I noted in my review on the site, or just my first thoughts was that the um, trendy game is a little different. I don't mind that. You can't use the trendy <laughs> game to make a ton of money like I did. Um, every, no, you, know, you have to be really lucky to pull off like making a shitload of money with it this time around. Yeah, I mean, it, I had the original trendy game down to a science, and that's how I made all my money. You just go in the trendy game, and you just keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and you just get all that money. So much so that I think getting money in this game is harder. And so it meant that I didn't do the thing that I usually do in the Game Boy game, which is right away buy out the bombs and arrows and everything. So I came to the first dungeon without 
bombs. So I had to come back and get the seashell. Not a big mm-hmm. deal, but Same I usually, right. I usually, um, was able to get it. And I didn't want to steal, even though they kept stealing in the game, which is great. I didn't want to steal to get it because I didn't want everyone to call me thief, <laughs> which they kept. So that's yeah. cool. But that's just, those are small things. So it was easier to game the trendy game for money. You just can't really do that anymore. Basically you have to find it or just chop down bushes for a long time. Yeah. And toward the end of uh, like when you unlock the raft games, the raft can get you a lot of money that the, uh, the rafts i can't remember what it's called but the one where you're not being timed but you're going through trying to yeah. get as many items as yeah. you can you can get yeah. a lot of money that way um i made some pretty good money fishing when i was farming for some of the items that the fishing mini game had uh yeah it's got two now that's cool yeah it's like got a heart piece a bottle and yeah it's great it, it didn't have a bottle before and I, oh they added bottles they didn't have bottles in the original they just had oh they didn't okay cra- no no they just had crazy tracy's rub potion which is which i'm reading this now as an adult i'm like oh this is a little suggestive but um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) they just had her potion that basically yeah they didn't have bottles that's another thing they added yeah the fairies in um breath of the wild were also kind of suggestive in the the same way and like (laughs) the same background music even plays like in the fairy places in breath of the wild and at crazy tracy's so (laughs) yeah that's cool i know what they're going for here Or at least the translators in it. Right. I don't know what the original Japanese says. Cool. But yeah, as I mentioned before, I think the like the the quality of life changes they made with all the the new small changes to gameplay are probably what set it apart as what I would call the definitive edition. Like like you said, I'd have to play it all again, like the original all the way through again to really decide that. But I'm just enamored with this game and like all the little changes they made that we've discussed here were very welcome for me so another big thing that this game added were the chamber dungeons which brings kind of a mario maker like gameplay mechanic to zelda dungeons so you can kind of collect pieces of dungeons throughout the game and mostly from like the dungeons that you've beaten you unlock some that way but you also can find chamber stones out in the world to kind of give you more rooms to play with as you're building your own dungeons so uh john what was your thought on this new system um how much how much time have you put into it and what do you think so i beat the first set of dompe's quest dungeons so what was that four or five and that was fun it's really fun i I do exactly what he says and then I make, you know, and I play it and it's a lot of fun just to make the dungeons and do the quests for them. I'm really, really enjoying that quite a bit. A lot of people have critiqued this and I haven't really gone through all of them yet, but I don't get the critique so far. I think it's really fun. It's too bad you can't share these with folks, but perhaps... Travis, you mentioned like I'd probably share one or play one and I would never do it again. That's probably true, actually. Um, But as someone who wants a Zelda maker, I think this works more than it doesn't. And I think they could take the feedback from this to make a Zelda maker. That's really good. But one thing I realize as I'm making dungeons is how hard a Zelda maker would be to make, (laughs) you know, because they they make it easier and then they give you 
you know, dungeons that are already pre-configured, which kind of works in it. It works in one way and it makes it easier to make dungeons. So it's more accessible, but it doesn't work in that you can't really give anything its own flavor because it's like putting, you know, chocolate with ketchup. Sometimes, you know, you, you can mm-hmm. mix. It's like, I need to go have a dungeon go in a loop and you only have so many loop pieces and you have to put a water dungeon tile in where it doesn't make sense. So that again, they, they hit accessibility, but it doesn't make the theme, the themes work for the dungeons, I would say. So, right. but I like it a lot and I want them to do more of it. I wish people liked it more only because Nintendo listens to that stuff and I don't want them to be like, well, Zelda maker won't work. So because I, but I think the questing part of the dungeons is great building them doing Dompey's challenges. I can't wait. The reason why I'm playing through them now is to get the bottle. Cause that's one of the things you get. Did you go far enough to unlock the bottle? Yeah, I've done like the first two, um, first two okay, sets. So that's, okay. So this, after the second set, you can get the bottle. Okay. But yeah, I think that the, kind of the puzzle nature of actually putting the dungeons together is kind of interesting it's kind of like a little mini puzzle game in a way yeah because you have certain things you have to have on certain tiles and Mm -hmm. like picking through those but then actually tetris ish or something like that maybe yeah actually playing them once i'm done is a little bit of a drag because it's all stuff i've gone through and like you said some of the like the themes just don't match up I think that, like like you said, it's a good precursor for what a Zelda maker could be. Uh, And like there was an interview that I read uh, a few days back where the developers of the game said that Nintendo asked them to add some sort of maker stuff on top of what they already had. So they were kind of scrambling to figure out how to do this in a way that made sense because there's so many moving parts in a Zelda dungeon like, how do you make this so that people can actually sit down and do one and not take five or six hours to do it? So that's kind of why they settled on the the tiles. And I like that aspect of it. I really do. But like I said, just playing them after the fact is kind of a drag. Sure, I agree. Um, one thing I realized with the Zelda maker is the things that I enjoy the most about Zelda games aren't the dungeons. They're they can be fun, but I think for me, it's the overworld and the characters and tying things to the dungeons Mm -hmm. and the journeys and that kind of thing. So a Zelda maker would be interesting in that if it's all just dungeons. Hmm. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, I still want it, but I don't know if I get it, if I'll love it. (laughs) Sure. Give it a shot, Nintendo. Give it a shot. Yeah, I want to see what they like. I would love to be able to take a Zelda maker and make like a one hour long entire game, <laughs> like with the overworld, a dungeon or two here and there and like the the whole thing. But again, right. how do you how do you package all that together and uh, make, make it easily easy to do? That's rough. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, Super Mario Maker almost made it so that we didn't launch tail the white wyvern and i don't know if we'd ever make another game again if zelda maker came out so yeah another thing that uh the internet's been complaining about 
and I get it, is the lag. Um, if you, it seems like if you bought it online, like on the eShop, then it's fine. But if you're playing from the cartridge, not fine, but better. Yeah, if you're playing from the cartridge, you um, have some noticeable frame rate dips when mostly through transitions and when it's loading a lot of new stuff into memory all at once. Um, so what do you think? Is it, is it a big deal or do you kind of not notice it? I'm going to say it like this and I mean, no disrespect to Grezzo. They're fine developers. They've worked on incredible Zelda ports and this game is fantastic. With what I just said, the original Game Boy game was at 59 hertz. <laughs> this game is not. No. <laughs> and it's on massively better hardware. But then, I mean, it looks so much better, too. So, I mean, I love the pixel art of the original, but they could do 59 hertz. This game can't. Um, I really hope Nintendo patches this. I Agrezzo mm-hmm. can patch this. I, I imagine they're working on it. It's not like everyone in the world hasn't noticed it. And I honestly think it's legit because this is a perfect game except for this. I agree. Yeah, it's it's it. This is a 10 out of 10 game. That's not a 10 out of 10 because of this. Because it can't be a 10 out of 10 game with this because it's a problem. Um, I wouldn't give a rip if it was just, you know, laggy in the swamp because clearly the swamp is the laggiest place, right? It's just a slideshow. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole game. So not that bad, but it's it's not good. So. It's I'm not going to say that it's a big deal because this game's still fantastic I can, and I can ignore it, but I don't want to. I don't want to think of because what it does is it basically makes me realize that this is a video game and it sort of like changes how you play it a little bit. It just changes your brain, mm-hmm. you know, it pulls you out and of when it. You, it does. It does. And so I think that I want this game to be a 10 out of 10. And in the cheerful ghost scale, <laughs> spoiler alert, it, we don't have any notion of that. So it won't even notice. You won't even right. notice it in that. But it's a thing. And so I don't think this is. The internet going crazy because I don't think anyone's actually savaging the game because of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think people are just like bummed. And even so, it's like, well, whatever. And so you mentioned something um, to me that you said uh, when we were chatting about the game. You said this is really surprising for a Nintendo game that that level of unpolish is there. And I agree with you. Um, But I think Nintendo did the right thing because I think that it's entirely possible that there's something in the game engine that makes it so that you can't launch the game. Um, that would have been hard to launch the game on the time frame. And I think they did the right thing. So if they're going to, you know, because I think people want to play it sooner and I don't think anyone's reviews will suffer. So yeah. I just hope that the patch comes. I imagine that it will. And when I replay this game, I'll be excited because it'll be like a fresh new thing. What do you think, Travis? Lag? Yeah, I think that, um, like you like you said, what I was going to say mostly is that it's just it's really surprising to see Nintendo yeah. ship a game with that kind of right. stuttering. Um, I mean, it's not the most graphical game, graphically intense game they've released even. And it's the one that has Oof, this problem. Those so, shadows are incredible. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, doing yeah. some intensely beautiful things. It for is. Switch game. It is for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not it didn't really affect my enjoyment. I noticed it. Um, all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course I noticed it, but I don't feel like it was the frame rate wasn't 
was rarely bad enough to cause any change in the way I play the game, but I definitely noticed it for sure. And it's a little bit disappointing. I don't think it's a huge deal. Doesn't affect how I'm going to rate it. If we had a score where I could, I would. Uh, right. Right. But if you buy this game on the cart, there's no way of getting around that the cart version standard install is going to have this. Um, which is sad because that means that if this game doesn't get ported to a later system with an updated version, you're always going to have a laggy version if Nintendo turns their online updaters off for the switch but <laughs> whatever that's that's the future and we'll we'll deal with that day when it comes but yeah i do think it's a it's a it's a problem but it doesn't bring the game down significantly so we've uh, dropped a few hints about how we're going to rate this game but john the link's awakening remake what is your ghost scale rating Right. So I think there's like I like rating it two ways. So I think my first rating is a solid skip it. If you want to exist in the new Zelda verse, you you Breath of the Wild and you just want to continue on with the open worldness and you don't want to return to the very traditional Zelda model, then don't play this game because that's what it is. You're, you're going back to one of the early, you know, versions of the game um if you're looking but if you're looking for a shorter form game that's a lot of fun then this is one of the best games you're going to play on the switch it's an absolute must play and for me it's a game i'm going to keep playing until i'm old um i love it i think it's fantastic i hope they remake it again (laughs) they probably will weirdly enough but um and hopefully that comment ages well in 30 years when they remake it. But um, <laughs> I love it. I think it's really good. I'm going to keep coming back to it. I think it's it's cool to add on to this game in the way that they have. I kind of wish we got an we got Dompe's Dungeon Maker. I wish we got a new dungeon. That would have been kind of neat. Um, but yeah, it's 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 great. It's a solid game. Um, and I appreciate that it's a shorter form game, too. So I know that a lot of people looking for the next 60 hour thing spec that for the $60 price tag. I'm not. I'm glad that it's short like the original. In fact, I think that's what makes the original game so great is that it it's it's very quick and to the point. It does not overstay its welcome and neither does the remake. So in the past, if you've heard us talking about Zelda, I probably mentioned that um, either Link's Awakening or Breath of the Wild would be my favorite Zelda game. And I think this remake kind of nudges me over the edge into saying it's Link's Awakening. And I count that for the original and the remake um, as being kind of tied for my favorite. I think the remake kind of nudges it out barely, but I'm not sure. It's an absolute must-play. I think that, John, what you were saying about uh, if you don't want to go back to the 2d top-down zelda don't play it that's true but if you've never played it this might or never played that style of zelda game this might be a good introduction for it because yeah, like like you, like you said it is a shorter form game you're not going to be like putting in 30 hours to get through it it's probably like a solid 12 to 14 hour game to get through everything and that includes a lot of exploring for some of the collectibles and stuff like that 
Uh, and I think the it, it may be slightly more accessible than some of the other 2D Zelda games, maybe because of that it was originally a Game Boy game and meant to be played on that tiny little screen, so you know they had to simplify a few things here and there, so that also carries forward into the remake. But yeah, I think it's phenomenal game. I am so glad to have it, and it would be like an absolute perfect game if not for the lag. Absolutely agree. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.